0: Today, in anticipation of the celebration of the birth of Jesus, we light the candle of peace. These are God's words to us.
1: My beloved, I know that you have become weary and feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. Come to me. Bring all your anxiety and fear and leave them with me because I care about you. Know that I have given you my peace. Instead of dwelling on confusion and anxiety, present your concerns to me in prayer. And the peace you will have, my peace, you will not be able to explain to others. No one can understand it, but you can have it. My peace will stand guard over your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. For unto you a child is born, unto you a son was given, and the government is on his shoulders. And his name is called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the
0: Prince of Peace. Reading from 1 Corinthians 6, verses 12 through 20. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food, but God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. Now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says, The two shall become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And that you are not your own, for you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Thank you. All right. Well, good morning.
2: Uh, my name is Corey Fries. I'm the youth pastor here at Cole Community Church. I promised a friend of mine that I would not talk about anything I don't know. Okay? So we're going to talk about immorality and prostitution, I guess. So, you know, you're like, you bring your friends to church, you're like, oh good, they're not going to talk about money. All right, so. You know, the Corinthians were a, uh, just a crazy group of people uh, filled with uh, immorality, filled with thieves, filled with drunkards, filled with... Uh, Homosexuals filled with uh, idolaters, covetous people, revilers, and swindlers. And uh, I'm glad that you're here this morning with us because some of you were in that very same boat. You know, all of us uh, are on the same plane when it gets uh, down to it. The Word of God says, uh, Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And the beauty of the Gospel is that we're all unrighteous without Jesus. And that gives us great freedom when we look at one another. When we interact with one another. When we, come and inter- when, we, when we deal with one another, we know that we're dealing with men and women who at one point in time were sinners struggling in bondage to sin but now have been saved by grace and are free to live in Christ. Paul went to the Corinthians. He shared the Gospel of uh, Jesus Christ with them that God sent His Son to free them, to be the Messiah, to deliver them from bondage and sin. And he spent a lot of time in Corinth. Spent uh, a lot of personal time with the leaders there. And he went away. And he started hearing these stories about how messed up they had become. And so he decided to write this letter. And the main point of this letter is that the corinthians thinking was all messed up the way they thought about things was a little screwy was a little uh... cattywampus if you want to use a funny word and so paul decides to write this letter to kind of get their thinking straight now i've got uh... kind of an example i guess if i can uh, i'm going to need um, let, i just want to be sensitive how many of you are deathly afraid to be up in front of people i just need if you could raise your hand Deathly afraid, okay, now I know who to pick, okay um, now i saw I thought I saw Gorka. is Gorka still in here somewhere? Oh, there he is, okay, good, all right, so Gorka, um, you know in the summertime when you're working on your car and you're you know you're you're working on your radiator, and you're th- you're out there thinking, you know man, i'm hot it's it's like ninety five degrees out here, and you put your radiator fluid in, and you're You're looking at the bottle and you're thinking, I'm kind of (laughs) parched. It says it cools down my car. Maybe it'll cool down me. So you pour yourself a glass and take, I wouldn't drink that if I were you. (laughs) Would you drink that? No. Uh, Why not? It's not good for you. Yeah, on the it says warning. It's got a warning sign right here. Harmful or fatal if swallowed. You want to drink it? These guys don't really know what they're doing. I mean, come on. Who wrote that on there? An engineer. An engineer. He doesn't know what he's doing. All right. Okay, so I'm going to take that from you. Now, thanks, Gorka, for participating in this little experiment here. Now, some of you, uh, some of uh, you, as you work at your homes, and uh, you know, every once in a while, the sink gets, you know, clogged up. Right? You ever get a sink clogged up? Anybody? Raise your hand if you have. Because it gives me a little minute here to kind of go on. Who's uh, who's had a clogged sink recently? Okay. You guys have had a clogged sink. You ever do this when you're you go to the store and you get Drano because you're like, oh man, this stuff will work quick. So you get home and you're unclogging the sink and you're reading it and it goes clog remover i get clogged up every now and then (laughs) wonder what will happen if i drink this stuff would you drink it no why not it's poison why why do you believe these people i mean you have so much faith in the people that made this product why believe them engineer right gorka yeah okay You know, it's our thinking about our world that gets us in trouble. It's our thinking about how we deal with one another that gets us in trouble. It's our thinking that, you know what, it's really no big deal about how I go about doing things. And Paul says, uh, there we go, okay. Paul says uh, in uh, chapter 6, verse 12, because this is the way you guys think about things. All things are lawful for me. And that's kind of a phrase that they were using at the time. Probably a phrase of Paul. That means I'm free to do what I want. But not all things are beneficial. You know what? You are free to drink that, uh, that antifreeze. You could drink it all you want. Uh, but it's not beneficial. Uh, all things are lawful for me. But I won't be mastered by anything. Matter of fact, if you drink that Drano, it's going to master you real quick, you know. And uh, you're going to have to uh, bow down to that uh, Drano stuff. Paul's saying, the way you guys think about your world is correct, actually, in the sense of you are free. Jesus has set you free. There's nothing that you can't do, because Jesus paid it all. But realize that there are things that are not profitable. Realize that there are things that are not profitable beneficial. The biggest barrier, and uh, if you're following along in your sermon notes, I hope you know this isn't really for you. This is for me to make sure I keep on track. So uh, the biggest barrier is how we think. How do we think? Now, what are the excuses that you use to go ahead and kind of fudge the numbers a little bit, to go ahead and sin? Does anybody Anybody familiar with a phrase that people say that, you know what, this will be okay? This is a time where you kind of speak. I know we don't really do that in here, but we do it over in that room over there. So what what phrases do we hear when uh, when we want to go ahead and sin, when we want to go ahead and do our own thing? Everybody's doing it, you know. Hey, everybody's doing it. Drink it up. But it's antifreeze. That's okay. It's not going to hurt you. You know, we hear that. kids hear that all the time. You know, I was reading some articles on drug use, and it's like, hey, it won't hurt you. It's no big deal. What else do we hear? This will be the last time. Yeah. I'm going to go drink that radiator fluid again. This is the last time I'm going to do it. Just once. Just once. Yeah, actually, the one that I hate the most is the one that says uh, it's easier to ask than it is permission. It's easier to ask forgiveness than it is permission. That's awful theology. Yet we we live that way, don't we? And that's what Paul was saying. All things are lawful. You are correct. They're not beneficial. So the biggest barrier is make sure you're thinking about what's beneficial. Make sure in your thinking, you're not just going, I'm free to do whatever I want. All things are lawful, but I won't be mastered by anything. The biggest barrier is that when you and I choose to sin, it masters us, and it becomes Lord over us. And that's the very thing that Jesus died for. Paul says, there are certain things out there that will, once you give in to them, be your master. Now, I had a high school kid many, many years ago that... uh, you know, another saying that we hear is that, well, I'll just do a little bit of it. It won't be that big of a deal. And uh, this high school kid decided that they would try dope. Okay, no big deal. They tried dope. Well, then, you know, dope wasn't enough, so they decided to try something a little stronger and something a little stronger. And, and usually in the uh, drug scene, usually get mixed up with sexual immorality and stuff like that. And eventually, uh, this, uh, this teenager was starting to do methamphetamines. And then eventually it started to control her. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but the way drugs work and the way especially methamphetamines work is that you can have a little bit and you can have a euphoric time. But then the next time you go to use it, you need more. And the next time you go to use it, you need more and more and more and more. And it just mastered her. It controlled her. Now, I'm... I got involved again in her life about four, four to eight years ago, and she saw a counselor and she's really changed her life around. But that drug took control of her life for many years. And that's what Paul's saying. Be aware of what can master you. See, the Corinthians in verse 13 said, Well, you know, food is for the stomach and stomach is for the food. That's the way they thought. You know what? We have these appetites. When I'm hungry, I go eat. And the Corinthians thought, you know what? hmm, maybe when I have sexual desires, I'm going to go out and get, get satisfied. And that's, again, the way they were thinking. Food is for the stomach, and stomach is for the food. And Paul says, but God will do away with both of them. Now, some of your translations has destroy. I don't really like that translation. I like do away with, because it's not, it's not a word of anger as much as that's, not going to be important anymore. Destroy, for me, is like God hates it, so he's going to take it out. No, God's not going to need it anymore, so he's going to kind of put it to the side. He's going to do away with them. Now, there's a, a popular song out, and I really uh, like the tune. You know, you ever talk to your kids, and they're like, well, I don't listen to the words, but the tune's really catchy. You ever talk to your kids? <laughs> okay, just checking. Um, Uh, Bruno Mars, how many of you guys know who Bruno Mars is? Is where you raise your hand. Okay, two of you. Okay. Uh, He he has this song out called Locked Out of Heaven. It's uh, Never had much faith in love or miracles. Never want to put my heart on deny. But swimming in your world is something spiritual. I'm born again every time you spend the night. You bring me to my knees. You make me testify. You can make a sinner change his ways. Open up your gates because I can't wait to see the light and right there is where I want to stay. Because your sex takes me to paradise. Yeah, your sex takes me to paradise. Because you make me feel like I've been locked out of heaven far too long. You make me feel like I've been locked out of heaven. That sounds like a spiritual song, doesn't it? You know, the reality is, In my marriage, in my relationship with my wife, I can say these things. And that's the beauty of what God created in marriage. To be with my wife, and she does. Just that union that God made for marriage is amazing. But taken out of context, used in the wrong circumstances, it's like drinking Drano to clear yourself when you're clogged. Our biggest barrier are thinking. How do you think? Do you have a theology about your body? Do you have a theology or a belief about this piece of flesh? Now I do sometimes. I'm like, oh, that's kind of short. <laughs> uh, what what what? Gray hair? Oh my gosh these pants don't fit anymore, you know? But really, God created your body for some pretty amazing things. And I hope that if you walk away with something today, walk away going, God made my body for Him. And He made it exactly the way He wanted it to be. So our biggest barriers are thinking and we want to honor the body. We want to honor what God has made. Paul goes on to say in verse 13, yet the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord. Your body, that piece of organism that you're sitting in that chair with right now, was made for the Lord. Can you say that to him? Lord, you made my body for you. Can you say that to yourself? My body is made for for the Lord, He likes it. He created it. He knows everything about it. For the Lord, not for a bunch of every you know the Black Friday that we just had, there was a you know frenzy people camping out at Best Buy, like it was like Wednesday afternoon. like I don't need a TV that bad. Some people do, but uh, our bodies is we're made for something. we're not made to consume. But we're made to give away. Our bodies are for the Lord. And not only for the Lord, but your body. And the Lord is for your body. The Lord is excited about what He's created. The Lord is excited about what He's going to do through you. The Lord is excited about where you're going to take that body, how you're going to use that body, with whom you're going to interact with, with that body. He created you with hands and arms and legs to do things. I would have loved to be able to play football for BSU. The only problem is the only thing I ever did with football was watch it. <laughs> but if you were watching the game yesterday, the, the, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he made an interception, except they called it back because of a penalty, but he did a backflip twice. Did anybody see that? Holy cow. Look what the body can do. The body is amazing. And the Lord, I don't know if this guy knows the Lord or not. I don't know anything about him, but it's like... if. The Lord's going, yep, I did that. <laughs> pretty cool, ain't it? He is for the body. Now, if you haven't done this, there's the uh, Discovery Center downtown. Anybody go to the Discovery Center? They've got this body stuff on, on display. If you haven't done it, go, go look at it. It's pretty amazing. But you get to look into the body. And they're actual bodies from what I read. They've preserved them in an interesting way. Uh, but you go and you, you kind of see and go, man, Lord, this is intricate. And the Lord is for the body. And we need to be able to think correctly about that. The Lord is for the body. It's not just something that we're going to get rid of. Verse 14, now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through His power. I don't know what God's going to do, but from this passage, He is going to raise a physical body. My body is important because God wants to use it in the next life. Now, we all know that when Jesus came back from the dead, when he was raised, he had scars, right? He looked at Thomas and said, Look at these scars, look at this. And so, there's some reality that our body will have the scars of this world. So, the Lord is for the body. Our body is important because God will raise it up through His power. And that's important to remember. It's not our power. It's not our ability. You know, things happen to our bodies that we're not in control of. But God has the power, the ability to raise it up to do what He wants to do with it. And honoring the body is to remember your bodies, in verse 15, are members with Christ. Christ. It's joined to Christ. God created your body to be joined to Jesus. I don't think that's going to be a, a bracelet anytime soon, but you know, what would Jesus do? Join to Jesus. High school kids won't wear that. Um, but your bodies are members of Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've received Him as your Savior and Lord, you're a member with Him. You're a join. It's like you're yeah, uh, what the twins? They can't separate. What's that called? Siamese twins? Yeah, I mean you're fused together with Jesus. Check my notes real quick on this back page. If you go down a little bit further, the Lord's for the body, the body's for the Lord. He will raise us up, we're members with Jesus. Verse 19, our bodies are temples. Our bodies are temples. Now, some of you wives, you may be looking at your husband going, not anymore. (laughs) He used to be a temple. Oh my. Now, our bodies are the temple of the very Creator who made them the way you think about your body. Do you think about your body going, this is a place of worship? This is a place of the glory of God? This is a place where God wants to reveal Himself? Do we think that way about my body, your body? Your body is a temple of God and a temple of the Holy Spirit made to be raised, made to be a member of Christ, made to be joined with Jesus, made to be the temple. Now if you remember this, this is, the temple was where people would go to make sacrifices, the temple is where people would go to meet God, the temple is where people would go to um, see His glory. And the beauty of that is that He has created you and I as we go from here. We are His temple no matter where we go. The very presence of God in the workplace, the very presence of God in front of our families, the very presence of God no matter what we're doing. And He does it. He does it. So we do want to honor God with our bodies. And we have a, when we start to think right about our bodies, we start to honor Him. This is your body, not mine. But we also neglect the body. And this is what the Corinthians were doing. Back in 13, Verse 13, yet the body is not for immorality. You see, what the Corinthians were doing is uh, they had this culture in which they had this temple in which they worshipped false gods, and in this temple there were these prostitutes. And it was very normal, okay for their society, uh, for men to go to these prostitutes in this temple, and it was a part of worship. It was an accepted practice. But as followers of Christ, Paul is saying that is immoral. That's wrong. Now we may, you know, as Christians, I think we say maybe one or two things about the culture around us that are wrong. Maybe three. We're always conflicting with the culture, aren't we? We're always against the culture. And Paul says, that body of yours, it's not meant for immorality. It's not meant for immorality. Verse uh, 15 do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Again, this union. Shall I then take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Now, I once shared this with a high school kid, and he's like, Corey, I don't visit prostitutes. I'm like, well, that's not really what he's talking about here. What he's talking about is anytime we take this body and engage in sexual immorality. It's like taking your body to a prostitute. Now, the amazing thing is Jesus came along and he really kind of messed things up when he said, you know what, even if you look at a woman lustfully in your mind, you're committing adultery. Oh, man. Come on, Jesus. What he's getting down to is that this sin that he died for permeates our lives so much that it's not just the physical act, It's the mental act as well. Shall I take away the members of Christ and join them to a prostitute? Again, this this idea of gluing together. Paul says, May it never be. And I love how he keeps saying this. Don't you know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? Don't you know that? Now think about this. When you're, when you're about ready to give into sin, don't you know that it's wrong? I mean, maybe some of the younger kids, maybe like seven and eight-year-olds. They just kind of sporadically do some things like beat up their brother or sister. But you and I, I think we're at a place where we go, this isn't right to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Don't you know? I mean, how many of you have said to your children, How many times have I told you to stop doing that? And your eye starts twitching. (laughs) You know? You know, think about this. Next time that you're disciplining a child for doing something you've asked them to stop doing, think about the last time you sinned because you wanted to. And think, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. And help me not to be too hard on the kid. Help me to love him. Don't you know that the one who joins himself to the prostitute is one body with her. For God says the two shall become one flesh. And that is a mystery. I don't know why God created it this way. I don't know how he created this this way. But he created our bodies, male and female, to be united. And the idea is not just come together, but actually meshed and glued together. They are joined like two pieces of wood, and they are now one. And when Paul says, when you go out and you engage in immorality, you're becoming one with that, whatever you're doing your immoral act with. So if it's a prostitute, well, there's the prostitute, and there's Jesus and the three of you. Okay. Now, I, I don't think, I hope, that you're not out there visiting prostitutes. But one of the things that I do notice is that years ago, when I was growing up, if you wanted to look at pornography, you actually had to go down to a store, ask a person to get a magazine that was behind the counter covered up. Now, we tried to make ourselves look a little bit older. It's like, uh, you're not old enough to buy this. But now, the door to the porn shop is in your own home. It's right there on your computer. That doorway is wherever you have a cell phone. That doorway is wherever somebody has an internet connection these days. And that's where it gets dangerous. Because it's secret. Nobody sees it anymore. You know, that's really, I think, the, the, tra- the tactic of the evil one. He says, it's okay. Nobody will know. Did God really say, don't eat of that piece of fruit? Yeah, he did. Shall I take Jesus and unite him with a prostitute? And if you think about that gluing, have you ever taken like two pieces of plywood and glued them together? And then try to pull them apart. It it doesn't break easily, does it? They're one. And when you and I choose to neglect the body, when you and I choose to take what God has created and use it for our own self, it destroys it. It destroys it. Paul goes on to say in verse 17. Well, there are some things you can do. There are some endeavors that you can participate in to to bring fruit. Verse 17: But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. So, in our thinking about our body, God is for us. We don't want to neglect this body, so what do we do? Well, join together with the Lord. And he uses this wordplay right after the two shall become one flesh. The idea is become one with the Lord who is one Spirit. I know that we've probably said this over and over again, but if you want to live a moral life, if you want to live a godly life, if you want to live as a temple of God, join yourself to Him. Spend time with Him. Read about Him. Let Him read about you. Join yourself to Him in intimacy. Paul goes on to say, flee immorality. You know, a great thing about this word in Greek, you know what this Greek word means? Get out of there. Flee. You know, the you know, sexual immorality is probably the one thing that God says... Get out of there. You know, with, with uh, Joseph, even though he's, his clothes got taken away, he's, he's out of there. He's scooting out. He's saying, you know what? I can't handle this. How many times have we sat there and thought, you know what? I can handle this. I can do this on my own. I can conquer this. Paul says, get out of dodge, flee. For every sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. When you and I choose to engage in sin of immorality, we're beating this thing up. We're abusing this thing. You know, there was years ago there was a guy named Paul Simon. Um, where are you? Oh, there we go. And I like to say this is kind of the message way of putting it. Who knows Paul Simon? Most of you should raise your hands now. Okay, good. Uh, if Paul Simon were writing for, uh, for the Message Bible, he would say this. Uh, the problem is all inside your head, she said to me. The answer is easy if you take it logically. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. There must be... Thank you. She said it's not really my habit to intrude. Furthermore, I hope my meaning won't be lost or misconstrued. But if I repeat myself, at the risk of being crude, there must be... Fifty ways to leave your lover. You see, even the culture knows there's more than one way to flee. You slip out the back, Jack. You make a new plan, Stan. You don't need to be coy, Roy. Just listen to me. You hop on the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key, Lee, and get yourself free. Free. The fruit of our endeavors is that we really can be free. We really can can be free. This isn't an issue that has to wrap us up. This isn't an issue that really has to remain in our lives. You know, I looked I started looking at pornography at a very, very young age, and it mastered me for many years. And so it's a continued struggle to this very day. I have got to be on top of it. Because if I don't, it will attack me. It will eat me. It will destroy me. And I have to flee. You know, there's a lot of ways to flee, and I would encourage you one way to flee. If you are like me uh, in the with the whole internet thing, uh, there are programs out there that you can get to help you. Uh, I have what is called Triple uh, X Church, XXX Church, kind of an oxymoron. But um, <laughs> basically, what Triple X Church is, is it is a program that runs behind, it runs on the background of your computer, your iPod, your cell phone, your chip implanted inside your head wherever they put these things now. And it's always running. Wouldn't that be cool to have it in our head? Corey, you're thinking a bad thought. Rod Ritchie calls me up. Yes? How'd you know? Um, But the reality of this program is that it doesn't block anything which I like because it lets me be free. Yet at the very same time, if I go to any site that's inappropriate, it sends a message off. Corey's doing this. Corey's doing this. And it's really great when my wife's using my computer to look at things. Because then I gotta explain to Rod why am I looking at stuff on those sites that my wife to looks like my like wife likes to look on. Yes, Rod, she's on there again. No, it wasn't me. You okay, here you go. <laughs> the fruit of our endeavors. It's not worth it, really. Men and women, it's not worth it. If you're single, stay pure. Stay pure. Flee sexual immorality. You will benefit from that. The fruit you will reap is amazing. I didn't stay pure before I got married, but my wife did. And the beauty of that is that there's no comparison for her. She's like, you know what? I don't know anything else. God created you for me and I delight in that. There's no struggle in the sense of, oh, I wonder what it would have been like to be with that guy or that guy. There's no connection there. And the fruit of that is freedom. You see, Paul says, don't you know six times in this passage? And honestly, sometimes we need to be reminded Don 't you know, haven't you been told what made you start thinking that that was okay? You know, I just thought I'd try a little bit. You know what? It's that little leak that eventually makes the tire flat. and I think the people that are worst uh, the people that are hurt the worst in this whole thing are women. I think the uh, women of this world are neglected and abused because of the way we view sexuality. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of all the sex trade stuff that goes on in the world. Uh, If you're not, uh, there's a book out there called Not for Sale. I would encourage you to read that. But the way women are sold into slavery these days for men's pleasure is, is horrific. And if you're looking at porn triple x church again they have a whole website and it's a great great resource but what they say is that most of the people in those movies are drugged up most of those people that are doing those acts don't even want to do them they need money they need to live they've been hooked on drugs and they're being used don't you know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit who is in you The Holy Spirit is in you, whom you have from God. God said, I created this body to place my spirit into. And finally, you're not your own. You're not your own. When you decided to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you gave up every right to yourself. You are not your own. Verse 20 says, For you have been bought with a price. And this idea is that you were once enslaved to sin and Jesus paid the price to release you. He took the mark to set you free. You have been bought. And see, this is where, if I can go back to our biggest barrier in our thinking, we don't think like that. What's my body? It's my money. It's my house. My car. It's mine. And we learned that from, I think, my one-year-old. Mine. I I hate that word. Makes my eye twitch. (laughs) You're not your own. Think about that. You are not yours to decide what you want to do. Therefore, glorify God in your body. How you think about this determines this. When Paul says body, he does say singular body, but also he says this body. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Your body is meant for the body. So when you and I choose to engage in sin, we're hurting this body. And when you and I choose to glorify God with our body, we're glorifying this body. Now, I challenge you guys, if you're engaged in immorality, flee it. Get out of it. Now, there's some of you that are addicted, some of you that are struggling. Uh, We're a pretty gracious church, I think. We'd love to talk to you about how to set you free. And finally... You're not ruined if you fail. If you failed in this area, that doesn't mean things are done. Because the beauty is that God is transforming us from day in and day out, and that's the gospel. The good news is that you are never too far away to be renewed. May you be renewed and glorify God in your body.